Welcome again to the SEM Podcast. I am your host today, Zach Hewlett, and today we're joined from across the pond with our friend Christopher Lewis. Christopher, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good. What part of the world are you calling from today? Uh, so Gloucester in England, actually. Gloucester. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. Well, I'm assuming from our conversations beforehand that you have been listening to the podcast and your familiar format. We'll just talk pre-mission anticipation of going on a mission then going to scotland and then we'll jump over talk about life since then and then we'll go back through the mission so the floor is yours mate cool perfect thank you um yeah so actually i guess as i was leading up to my call actually probably before that i um i went through a stage where i started working so i think i prepared for a mission and then i because of I guess my birthday and so on, I had a bit of wait time and I guess it was a little bit delayed in my papers. So I'd kind of graduated and then I needed to get a job. So I mm-hmm. started working as an estate agent and I quite liked it. So I think I remember saying to my mum that I don't think I'm going to go on a mission. I think I'm going to work instead, which I think like devastated my mum. <laughs> um, but then I guess other things happened and job didn't really work out and decided to actually to um, put in my papers and, and, and go, which I always kind of think, I knew it probably was going to do it, but I was just enjoying that job at the time. And mm-hmm. when the mission call actually came through, um, it was the same. Well, first of all, I guess like, so I have um, three older sisters and two older brothers. And so um, I had a, my oldest brother, oldest, oldest brother didn't go. Then I had a sister went to Leeds and I think my other brother went to South Africa. And then my other sister went to Scotland. And so then I was always thinking like, okay, well, I really want to go to like really exotic, like South Africa, <laughs> like Leeds was, you know, I didn't want to go to Leeds. I did not want to stay in England. Um, <laughs> and then when my sister going to Scotland, I was like, oh, it's still UK, but I really wanted to learn a language. Um, and I made sure like, I think I put it in bold on the mission papers that I wanted to learn. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and then anyway, but obviously my sister went to Scotland. So when it came through that I was going to the Scotland Edinburgh mission, yeah, it was quite cool, I think, that I was going to the same mission that she went to. Because um, I think she served whilst you were there. Um, yeah. So sister Lewis. Yeah, Sister um, Lewis came in. Uh, 2005. Was it 2005? So, yeah, I'd, I'd been in the mission since January of 05. So I, I came across her a few times, but I don't know exactly where her mission path was. But, uh, yeah, I did cross paths a little bit with her. And so I don't know if you ever remember her, but she came back super enthusiastic as well. So, you know, she absolutely loved the mission. And uh, I think, you know, she, you know, talked very highly of Scotland. So I was excited to kind of go go up, I think, as well and, and, you know, meet some of the people that perhaps she met. Um, But yeah, so it was good. It was good. So then I guess, where do I go now? After the mission? Well, tell me real quick. So when did you enter the MTC timeframe wise? Okay. Yeah. So I went in October, 2008. October 08. Okay. Yeah. So that would mean, would mean that you were part of the transition to the Scotland Ireland mission too, right? Yeah. So I was the last two transfers. So the last two transfers was part of the Scotland Island mission. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, when we get to that kind of stage, we can kind of talk about those power dynamics. Oh, um, yeah. Between the two <laughs> missions, because they were definitely there and definitely existed. And I was definitely, <laughs> I definitely had like an AK-47 in my hand for Scotland, <laughs> on the Scotland side. <laughs> oh, man. I'm excited to hear that. Well, before we get there, though, let's talk October 2010, You since you've been home. Yeah and talk about life since then 
Yeah, so actually when I, well, my parents actually came up to Scotland with my sister um, and then we kind of just toured around Scotland a little bit and I took them around to all the um, beautiful, beautiful places that um, I toured in. <laughs> um, in fact, I think one of them, my sister didn't even sit down because she didn't <laughs> she didn't think that this seat in the house was clean enough for her to, to sit. But when you're a missionary, you don't really, you're just happy to be accepted anyway. So I was like, really like, but up at my sister, they're like, sit down. But they're like, this house was absolutely filthy. Um, but of course, I hadn't seen it for like two years. <laughs> I'm thinking like, what are you doing? Um, and then anyway, we, um, so yeah, we kind of toured around Scotland. And then when I got back, it was like general conference. So I remember like wearing my badge and I turn up at general conference in my home stake, um, about to get released after the, uh, after the session, after the five till seven session. And uh, all the missionaries that were in the in the chapel at the time, were, like looking around at me and thinking, like, because I still was wearing my badge, and I think they thought I'd came in from like the neighbouring mission or something. Um, so that's quite. <laughs> it was interesting, but I just remember sitting there and and, and lapping that up really. Um, yeah, so that's that's. So then I got released, and then I guess from then on, I think I got married in two thousand and thirteen. Um, so it'll be 10 years this December awesome. and we have, yeah, and then we, we, uh, yeah, we had five years and then had, had our first son. Um, and then we just got our daughter that was born six, seven weeks ago. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So just the two kids now? Just the two kids. And that's great. I think that's all we'll have too. So yeah. I think we're done. Keep so. it simple. Well, you said you had a lot of siblings growing up, so I'm sure that's a bit of a dynamic shift, right? Yeah, well, and my my wife did too, actually. So she has she comes from kind of a a big family too. Interesting. Yeah. And what are you what are you doing for work now? Um, so I did a couple of things actually. So um, I guess I was kind of like doing a little bit of sign language before my mission. Um, so I finished that off when I got back um, and got qualified as a sign language interpreter. Um, and then I set up um, when I was at university. Um, like a course so we attached ourselves to like a sign language school so we started teaching whilst I was at the university started with about four students um, and then kind of grew that up to about 200 students a year um, wow. and then when I graduated um, I I um, I actually then did a I started working with a publisher so I've also been in publishing academic publishing for the last 10 years um, wow so good yeah. for you but yeah and then but so still kind of doing the sign language stuff on the side just uh, don't tell my boss. <laughs> <laughs> if you tell your boss, he might use that to his advantage, not to yours. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It's all, good. all right. Well, Christopher, take us back now to October of 2008. You can start MTC. You can start the mission home. I mean, the, fl the floor is yours at this point. So carry on. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a lot to go through, but I guess entering into the MTC, I remember it being quite hard. My whole family dropped me off there. Um, and then, of course, I think, you know, being British and so on as well, like when people would come do temple trips um, in London, I remember we would always kind of sometimes see people that I knew um, right. walking past. So that was always quite difficult. I think you'd like bang on the windows or like people waving out of the windows, <laughs> people that people that you knew. Um, and yeah, I kind of probably struggled a little bit with my companions. So I was in a threesome when I was in the MTC. And 
I think I just wanted to like have fun, you know, I just wanted to like make the experience fun. And, and I think these were, I remember him saying to me like, oh, what would you be doing? Like, what would you be doing this time? <laughs> like if you're at home, and it was like a Saturday evening. He's like, well, I'd be preparing for the Sabbath day. <laughs> I was just thinking like, I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. So I was just thinking, man, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're on the same pay or we just grew up with very different lives. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> pretty funny yeah so I, I kind of really struggled with that mentality of just you know kind of being super committed to it where i think i came in wanting to have a little bit of, of fun and, and just make you know to do the work but also just have fun yeah and absolutely a lot of people that i served around actually in the mtc so I spent a lot of time with some other people um yeah that were in the mtc so it was really fun so made some good connections there as well um and then and there was also like table tennis there used to be like a leader that i can't remember his name but he was really good at table tennis and i remember like that was just like the highlight for me of like just playing table tennis over at the culture hall center yeah like, i remember <laughs> <laughs> really intense because like i guess it's at elder pattinson and he was literally be like get up there and be there, like you're here to baptize you go and baptize and it was still like baptize 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 that uh I remember thinking like, wow, this is like full on. Um, but actually that was nothing compared to when I actually got to the mission. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, how many people kind of really mention it, but I, I think, can I, can I share photos? Does it work if I show some? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Okay, it just helps to like, I think formulate something. So I remember when we all got lined up, let's see. Okay, so like this is where I remember this is the picture of the when we arrived in Scotland or we're just going out to Scotland. But anyway, we're basically arriving in Scotland this day. Um, so this was my MTC group. Um, I love so this, it. Yeah, and so I remember like the sister missionary, Sister Williams. She like meets the mission president's wife, and they go off nicely into the into the big mansion of the house of the mission home and then we get as, as the elders we got all like well we had the dinner and everything first and that's when she went off and then we get escorted up to the uh i guess the mission office and like meet the president so it's like a really nice time like you meet the president frederick and he gives you a hug as you get off the train station so it's like really nice and then it was like have the dinner and everyone's really nice and then we go up to this like mission office and i remember we got lined up <laughs> We got lined up and um, literally we just got torn apart with like basically like everything that was wrong with us. So I think I got rebuked for the way that my mission, my um, mission badge is connected to my collar because I didn't have a pocket. <laughs> so I remember like getting absolutely like rebuked saying, you know, uh, I just take that off right now. And then I think Elder Frost's tie doesn't touch his belt. So he was being rebuked for that. I think. Out of bowling wasn't wearing a belt or something like that but anyway so you needed to make sure we always had a belt always needed to have product in our hair no pink or purple ties uh we weren't allowed to wear um and yeah i guess oh tight always had to touch your belt as well so but i remember like that is do you remember who the uh, the assistants were at that point in time yeah so elder nielsen was just going home and elder blake so elder he was blake? a year out on his mission yeah uh, ryan okay. Interesting. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so I just remember thinking, like, wow. And then they were literally like, they just finished, like, 
tearing us apart with like what we're wearing. We're all like looking at each other like, wow. And then they open up the scripture of their like, if you think that we are rebuking you now, like you need to be not so prideful. We're doing this because we love you. And like, you know, this is done because because we love you. And I was just thinking like, wow, like, okay, okay. But it was just like an absolute, and then we had to like, then I remember we had to like, they made us do um, role plays. So we had to like pretend that we were inviting people to be baptized on the street and everybody had to come through and they would give us feedback um, on the way that we were asking people to be baptized on the street. Wow. So I just remember that first night just being like hugely like intense and uh, just wanting to go home thinking like, what the heck have I let myself in for? <laughs> I don't blame you for that. that that's, that would be really tough. But then at the same time, like it was, um, so that's kind of that experience, but I think, and then we kind of went into my first, my first companionship. So obviously I had my trainer, which was Elder Slade, um, okay. Evan, Evan Slade. Mm-hmm. He was from Arizona. And yeah, like, I think a guy like, again, like he just, you could just tell that like he wanted to do well on his mission. Um, I guess different things influenced me. So I didn't know whether to mention this, but I think it actually maybe it's, it's reasonable because it, it stuck in my mind. And uh, I, so I guess before my mission, actually, so my brother was dating a girl and she said something to me, like just before I went on my mission, or she said something like, I would never date anybody that wasn't at least a district leader. And I think, yeah, it's crazy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that like really stuck with me throughout my whole mission, like stupidly. And um, so I always felt that I needed to at least become like, you know, right. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so my, 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 my trainer was the district leader at the same time as, as he was, as he was training. Me. Good. It's not maybe necessarily relevant now, but like, as there's like this theme, I just think this was always like in my mind. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's, that's not a good way to start. My gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what area did you start in with Elder Slade? Okay, yeah, so we were uh, Broadly Ferry in Dundee. So this is okay, being in Paris. Nice. Very yeah. cool. So yeah, it was a great area to start in. And actually, so my brother-in-law, so my wife's husband's grandmother was in the ward. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I've never actually met her. Um, and I was expecting to get far more dinner appointments than I actually got. <laughs> um, I don't think she was too bothered that I was there, actually. But you know, it was kind of cool. So, uh, you know, she, I think I went to her house one time. Um, I think she passed away actually like last year or the year, two years ago. Um, but yeah, re- so that was, uh, yeah, Granny Lee's sister Lee's that would have been in the ward, Bingham Terrace. But anybody okay. has stories about her? Um, I don't really have any. But yeah, so Broadway Ferries where I served in and that was great. It was there over Christmas and I think everybody used to go to the there on new year's day where everybody would do that um fresh cold water swim on new year's day okay so i always remember that being like a memory of of, of the area yeah elder elder, elder um slade was yeah good i i think he's just very committed to the work and i think took it all very seriously and, and i maybe struggled with that because i just wanted to like have fun i wanted to like enjoy with that like i'd want to play games and things and I think whenever I tried to play a game or things he he would kind of like put a stop to it or just wouldn't wouldn't play so I think I kind of struggled 
to kind of like bounce the energy but he, he definitely like set the tone i think of of the mission and wanted to move you know move forward but we did a lot of exchanges because i guess he was district leader um so then i got to meet some quite um yeah like i kind of like enjoyed i guess getting to kind of meet and and bond with some of the other missionaries at that time. I can't remember his name. He was a British guy. There was an elder Hema from Germany. He was like last term from going home. And then I think there was an elder Humphreys. He was English. I don't think I've ever heard from him since, actually. Um, yeah, Leo, I think, is his first name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and he was serving in Perth. And I think that was his last transfer, actually, when we all were serving there. <laughs> um yeah so then i think so i kind of maybe actually kind of struggled those first kind of six weeks um but i was only six weeks with 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 evan slade and then craig day who was an english missionary who came in and uh and actually he was a lot of fun and so that for me my kind of mission experience changed and actually i very much bought into the mission culture so yeah i was yeah everything that it kind of encompassed i think i completely like adopted to it and um and i just i just wanted to do well you know and i think whether i had that thing and that vision that you know i needed to become at least a district leader but you know but for me that's what like i uh, <laughs> and you know it's a little shame isn't that like you know it's got six weeks of struggled and maybe had thoughts of coming home but you know there's there is like so much shame that comes attached to that of coming home and so you know that that was difficult and I could never felt like I could never open up about it because I didn't want to not get that kind of like you know that that kind of like leadership level but at the same so I just felt like just kind of sat with it and just felt okay I, I need to kind of just commit to this um and that's what it and Craig he actually just made me do all the work so he made me answer every phone call he made me like you know ring everybody book all the appointments he made sure that like we like did everything like by the book um but like made it fun and i so i think he needed that and we served together for six weeks and we had a lot of fun too um and yeah there was a, a great family there that we started to teach in dundee um so that was good I actually saw him probably six months or so ago That's so nice. yeah he's He's a good guy. Um, and then he left after six weeks. And Jace, so that was staying in Broadway Ferry. And then um, I moved. So I went over to Paisley Stake in Kilmarnock. Yeah. Joined um, Jason. Uh, yeah, I, I um, joined in with Jason Hensley. So he was just a transfer ahead of me. So he'd been out four and a half months. Um, he would have been in his third transfer. No, he would have been in his fourth transfer. I would have been going into my my third. So you're quite a young companionship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in Kilmarnock. And I stayed in Kilmarnock for seven and a half months, but had a lot of companions during that time. Wow. So, yeah, and when I came in at Kilmarnock, there'd been some drama beforehand. So I, I, mean, I can't remember what it was, but there was like a lot of emus. Like I think like missionaries. <laughs> kissing missionaries for kissing members or like dating <laughs> i think there was rumors that like maybe one of them had sex in the baptismal font oh <laughs> I my just, goodness i i i don't know <laughs> that's true and how much of it's um you know hearsay i don't i don't know 
but yeah, so there was like a few things that that happened there. Um, anyway, so but never really experienced anything like that when we were there. But yeah, I remember always remember like one thing with Adahenzi is we uh, built this absolutely massive snowman. In fact, I have a I have a picture of that one too. I can kind of show. But yeah, it was absolutely absolutely huge. I remember like it was in like the middle of March that it snowed in Scotland and we just went out and we just kept rolling and rolling. Oh my gosh. Um like and, yeah, 10 feet tall. Yeah, it was really it was yeah it was massive. We had literally <laughs> had to like climb on top of it. And why I'm not like wearing no gloves and like no coat um this would have been absolutely freezing. So but that was typical, a it's a typical missionary thing, you know. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was really, really kind of cool. Um, yeah, so that was kind of Kermanic. And that's uh, Alhanzi. Um, and then after he went, so we had, well, actually, I remember there was this, like, well, I don't like oversharing really because obviously he came in. But actually, so he got he moved out because there was this like less active girl that fancied him and she became quite vocal about it. So I think because of the like dramas of the past that happened within that war, that I think the president was just there like, we're going to get you moved out of there just so like <laughs> nothing happened. Oh, gee. Goodness. Uh, yeah. So then I got sent in for six days, um, Waylon Grantham. And, uh, yeah, like, so by this stage, like, I'm probably, like, like, oh, I don't, I don't really, but yeah, so I'm, like, fully committed into this, like, mission culture. So, like, the whole product in the hair, tied to the belt, no pink or purple ties, like, I have, like, bought into that culture, like, mm. so I'm, it's very much, like, yeah, like, I, you know, I'm fully, like, behind all of that. Like, that's what God said. Like, we're there to become the brethren, right? Like, I think I'm studying the apostles um, and, like, everything to the way they look. Because that was kind of, like, the talk of the mission. It was there, like, you wanted to look like the brethren. So it was, like, having the shiniest shoes. It was, like, trying to put, like, a dimple in the tie. I don't know if any of my, like, people from my time have ever talked about this. <laughs> like, we literally did a point where we would, like, study the way that the apostles would be wearing their tie and make sure, like, we had the dimple. And if you weren't wearing the dimple, it would be there like, oh no, you're not brethren enough. Oh my word. <laughs> I'm uh, laughing because my era of the mission, that was completely opposite. <laughs> uh, so anyway, carry on. I know. So I mean the stories get worse. Like I think I got definitely a lot worse. And so Wayne and came, and he was so chilled. So for six days, and I didn't know how long I was gonna serve with him for. But I struggled so badly because I think I just walked away from him at one point. It's like, where are you, where are you going? He's like, you have to stand by. And he would like, if I wanted to go one way, he would purposely walk the other way. And I think I, I like really struggled with that. And, um, and then he'd be like, I'm the senior companion in this relation, like in relationship, in this companionship. And, uh, yeah, but you know, in some ways, like maybe, maybe you know, he he taught me things, and maybe I, you know, I really needed to chill out. Um, and he was him trying to teach me that lesson at that time. But yeah, there was no ways I was going to hear that. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not in touch with him anymore. So I'd be interested to know, kind of like, his take on on all of that. Anyway, so that that kind of six days kind of ended, but they were a long, long six days. 
Um, and then I settled another missionary. So this was, I didn't know this at the time, but there were um, two missionaries that were struggling to get their visas sorted. So they were delayed in coming in for the transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I was going to be training, um, but I didn't know that at the time. So when the transfer came, I was put with Elder Needham, Craig Needham. Okay. And uh, so he was another English missionary from Nottingham. And we mm-hmm. served together for two weeks and then we both got given, you know, our trainees. Um, nice. Yeah, but we didn't know that we were gonna we were gonna go into training. So but yeah, he he was fun. Like I think I always enjoyed serving with you know the English missionaries which is kind of that same kind of culture a little bit of that vibe so yeah. at that time of my mission you know it was it, it was it was it was fun and then we got given so um our trainees and and this is probably then a, I don't that's now this is like a bit of a mission story with this with this um elder so he came it was Nathan Camp um so he was Vegas from Las mm-hmm. Vegas um, his dad was a doctor, I believe, um, and he was also a valedictorian of his school, which I didn't know what that meant, but in America, that means you're like super you're top, you're top of the class. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. So he was like really good. And <laughs> so, and he just had so much confidence. So we, and like all the like Zoe leaders and like the assistants, they just like loved him because he's just this ball of energy. It was like, yeah, I'm gonna go baptize. Let's go baptize, and 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 yeah, like, and I think he was like super. Then like by the handbook, so like if we were going over an hour for like a dinner appointment, he'd be going there like, oh, do we need to go? Oh, do we need to go? Oh, do we need like right in front of like the members and everything? So oh my gosh. <laughs> I was really like, calm down, like calm down, and he'd be like. No, we're breaking the light handbook. We're breaking them. We're not going to be blessed. So I just remember that. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, so that was kind of a struggle. And then over these like two weeks, he, um, I feel bad talking about it. So the the end result is that he basically had a viral infection on the brain. So he he ended up um, going home on, on medical grounds. And actually, I believe it took him like, three months to like you know get over it when he got home wow i actually just looked up recently because i went in preparation for this i wanted like oh what actually happened um so i did a little bit of stalking to see if i could find him but actually yeah he's like a doctor now so whatever he is like obviously he's sorted himself out and i think he finished his mission um elsewhere but finished it in the states wow but so i feel like i could talk about it because but the stories of what he did have like I think they're still being told to this day. So, and it was a difficult thing. And this is probably the most frustrating thing for me because the crazy things that he did, like no one ever believed me because they were all there like, you're just being prideless. Like he's just like an enthusiastic, like go get a missionary. And it was just like things that I remember like we'd be teaching like our investigator and, um, would be giving him equipment and he'd just stand up and he was there like John you need to get baptized and you need to get baptized on Sunday. And oh I'm my like, god. Oh my <laughs> god. Like I'm like he was literally just like there was just no communicating with him. Um and then like we'd go to zone conferences 
and he would be the one shutting up like he'd be the one shutting up like they're like yeah like get baptized we need to baptize them or like you know he'd have all this energy and like there's gonna be like yes elder camp that's right like you're so pumped you're on fire and like so he just like was loved you know and i was just sat there thinking they're like you don't understand (laughs) but then he started to do like everything like one time like i woke up in the middle of the night and he was like staring over me and like Yes, so like, but then just be like not responsive when you question him on it. He just wouldn't give you any feedback. Like it would just be like nobody was there. Um, oh my gosh! He'd like shower and would just be like flossing at the top of the stairs <laughs> with the towel. Oh my gosh! And like just not be like if you're like, what are you doing? And like, of course, you don't know that he's ill, or you don't know that there's anything there. So you know, I'm just kind of like getting frustrated, or I'm saying they're like what are you doing? Like, why are you being weird? Like, da, 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 like you know? <laughs> and, and then I think one time, like I was there, like I said to my district leader, Elder Peterson, Clark Peterson. And I was there, like, literally, I was like, we have to go on exchanges because I feel like nobody is believing me. Like, and I'm, I'm getting super frustrated. So he came and then finally, like it took him coming to then eventually like that night we had the, um, we had the zone leaders coming out to our, our flat and uh, and then, yeah, they were, like, giving him a blessing. I think they, like, tried to cast out the evil. They're, like, <laughs> giving him a blessing to cast out the evil spirits thinking he was possessed. <laughs> Gosh. But I, like, honestly, like, can't, like, understand, like, it's just that isolation of being alone with someone. Like we were trying to plan, and he would just fall to the floor and do this, like we're thinking with his hands like this, like rolling them around, and then be there, like rocket, and then go like, I'm beginning to understand. I'm beginning to understand, and I'd be like, What are you doing? So I remember one time I was thinking, like, okay, I'll try to be more under- I'll try to be more understanding. So like I join him on the floor, and I'm there, like, what is it? Like, what are you trying to like understand? He's like, I'm God, and I'm creating the world, like. I, I get it. Like I, I see stars. I see the moon. I see, and I was like, honestly, like. So I think I call them, and I'm like, like somebody needs to come over because this is like getting too much to handle. So yeah, and I think that night the zoomers came out, and I think he just went out and he started peeing in the bushes outside of our house. <laughs> so, and then I think we had state conference, and the assistants had came over. And on the way over to the car, like he's trying to open the car door on the motorway as we're driving out to air. So um, we were like holding on to him as we like. <laughs> oh my gosh! So did it was this in relation to what was happening with this infection in his brain? Yeah, like apparently, like obviously, I've never like I never lost. Like I think I messaged him when I got back, actually. Let's see if I can find that. I'm just to see what he said, actually. But I never really got much back. I didn't really want to press it because, obviously, he um, I assumed it was, like, sensitive. But, yeah, if you, like, people will remember the story because then he went into the mission home and he just destroyed the mission homes, like, all the pamphlets. So I think they're, like, out of bowling. He was, like, the mission officer out of the elder. And he's got a great story. Like, if he ever comes on, he can tell you. <laughs> but, um like basically he like just i think like just put him in the mission cupboard you know where like all the pamphlets are in the mission home and the book of mormons are like the stock cupboard and he just pulled all of that out and i think like he took the mission president president frederick's badge and like shoved it down his trousers oh my gosh 
So it's like just loads of like, yeah, like crazy. I think I, I did end up having like Sister Frederick called me up and she was there like, I think she said like, she apologizes. She was going there like, I'm so sorry that like you had to like go through that on your own. Like, <laughs> she realized how difficult that must have been for you. <laughs> Gosh. Because what? Like, like I'm just being told, like it was really difficult. She had to be like for two weeks, like in this mission culture of just uh, like it's super like, you know, like I'm just being hammered and being called prideful and like you know stop being prideful, Adela. Stop being prideful. Like you know he's a great missionary, and I was just thinking like why is nobody like understanding like it was difficult. So I did have a sense of relief, but at the same time it was um. Very difficult. Let me see if I can find it. It was Nathan Kent. Like I said, I'm sure like he's absolutely fine now. Like he's a doctor, right? So he's obviously done very very well for himself. Yeah, here we go. So I'm not friends with him, but I did send him a message, and he said, "Um, "I'm finishing my mission in the states right now." He goes, "How are you doing?" He's like, "Yeah." he goes, yeah, I have no clue what happened, to be honest. Thanks for taking care of me. It took me like three months to recover, but I have about a year left of my mission here in the States. Wow. And that's the last I heard of him. So I don't think he responded back to my next few messages. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty amazing story, though, because like you had no idea what was going on. It was like, hi, nice to be. And all of us who have either been trained or have trained new missionaries, you have no idea what you're getting into. And you had a really unique situation where you had someone that wasn't quite well and you you had to handle it amongst being, being called things that I'm sure you were like, no, that's not right. That's not it. I I'm telling the truth. And these other missionaries have no idea until they clearly saw the things that you were seeing. And then everybody was like, we're so sorry. I mean, that what a challenge that had to have been really really tough on you yeah 100 percent. it actually like it was really really hard actually and, you know i'm only 19 years old like i, I don't know what to handle with that like situation like it's like it's like having a child for the first time as a 19 year old what it's like mental health issues and all of those things like you know like i'm sure that you know whatever was going on like he needed professional help or clearly he needed professional help you know and i I wasn't recognizing any of those signs. Like I'm just thinking, you know, and I'm probably not helping because I'm sat there calling him crazy, like not knowing. Well, but you weren't trained for those things, you right. know. You know, you're you're just a 19 year old kid trying to figure out how to help people come closer to, to Christ. I mean, I don't know how it was in your mission, but we would never jump straight to president. Like president wasn't approachable. Like you would go through your your leaders so like you know if you were you would have to go through a district leader like if you ever contacted your zone leader your zone leader would say to you like why are you calling us call your district leader so you would be sent through the line of command mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean that was just kind of the expectation and right you know i'm sure that like you said there were some of those situations where we would just escalate it straight to the our mission president with president of reigns was a little bit easier to call and when a missionary called, he'd answer. But again, it's it depends on the level, right? The level of nece- necessity for us to be calling the mission president versus zone leaders or district leaders. So I can understand that. Yeah, I mean, I never did. I always kind of went, I guess, through through those leaders. So yeah, that was that was kind of yeah, that was good. But I just remember we were at like the Air State Center, and like we had 
I think it was Elder Blake who was still the assistant at the time. And and yeah, we were like putting our hands on his head and trying to cast out this evil spirit as he's like flailing his arms everywhere, trying to pin him down. Oh my goodness, that's um, crazy. Yeah, so yeah, there's some people who've got some really interesting stories. Like I'm sure Clark could probably tell you some. Like there was one that as we're walking and he's just waving his arms in the street. So, and then Bowling, oh 100%, like I think you're you can definitely uh, give you the mission home story. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's really great. Um, but yeah, but you know, yeah, it was, so that was my, that was my trainee experience. Uh, my, my welcome to fatherhood. So it lasted about two weeks. Um, and then uh, I think this is where I then became a district leader. <laughs> So I finally got my, my district leader role. No. And then um, but I was serving with um, Dustin Evans, who was from Idaho. Um, and yeah, Elder Evans was a very knowledgeable missionary. Like, I think I was in awe of his, how he knew the scriptures. Um, and yeah, I actually, I probably feel bad because like probably for the first year of my mission, like I was very much like focused on the work. I felt like I'd just been wired to like focus on the work that I never really gave any like consideration towards my companion. Like it was always just about like the work and like, it was kind of like, I don't feel like I ever really got to know my companions in that first year. Mm -hmm. It was like, not even an, an interest that was there. Like it was just so focused. And I think, yeah, so that's I probably like big regrets. So up until I served with about Elder Bowling, um, and I kind of like, yeah, kind of wired, I guess, like follow through, like the process. I had this very like wired mindset, and it, it kind of comes out throughout the mission. Um, so yeah, but like, so I kind of feel like I have to owe Dustin Evans an apology because I feel that I was there must have been no break. Like I kind of got into my head that. Like, I recognised that I was a super intense missionary. Like, I had every half an hour of the day planned, and we would always do planning every night. Like, I don't I just think I brought in some of my planners. But, like, it's, like, I mean, I must have just been, like, so intense. But, yeah, like, so I, I just think, like, every half an hour of, like, wow. day would be planned. And then we used to have things that, like, yeah, and then there used to have to be, like, a backup plan for every half an hour of the day. And then we also did, like, we weren't allowed to chat so like knocking on doors was never allowed like we were always told that to go see a less active member or see a member before we would knock doors so like yeah i could never just put like chapping because it would be like i'd have <laughs> we have like less actives down <laughs> if i showed you if i showed you my, my mine that's what it was most days was yeah. chapping for hours <laughs> like <laughs> i'm impressed yeah, but this is so unhealthy. It's unhealthy because it also made me like horrible to my companions. Like, and that's why I owe like apologies for because people would just be like, this is ridiculous. Everyone only go to bed. And I would just be like pulling out scriptures or like quoting or like reading handbook at people to basically they're like, no, this is what we need. It's like I couldn't have been a joy to be around. <laughs> like it's embarrassing. Like, but at the same time, like 
I was feeling that I was the most spiritual that I'd ever been in the mission. Like, this is how God wanted me to be, right? So, yeah, it's, like confusing. But like, you know, I'm just young. It's just, yeah, very like interesting time. And I think actually, I didn't say, but when I came back off of my mission, actually, like probably the part that I missed out is actually I did a lot of unpicking of my mission um, when I got home because I just realized just how abnormal I had become. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, but that was kind of like Elder Evans. And then we also, but we taught some great people, I must say. So when I was with Elder Evans, this was at the time where we baptized, like, um, it was like we've had 40 baptisms in the year. So, yeah, not us personally, but like as a district. So we ended up getting in, like, I think we had three companionships. Wow. And we like piled everybody into Kamarnock. And we ended up having like 40 baptisms that year um, in, in Kamarnock. Um, wow. so, yeah, so we were like super successful there. And, and without Evans, like, we had water fights with our investigators. Like, we were teaching this great family, like, um, Liz and yeah, we I mean we must have flooded her kitchen. It's like she, she she literally would like turn up when in her flat and we would sit down on the chair and she would have a saucepan. Her and her son would come in with like saucepans full of water and just chuck them on us. So we had to like get them back. So then we would be like running to her kitchen and we'd just be chucking water everywhere <laughs> in the flat. Like we would be splashing around on our kitchen floor. Wow, that's that's a good memory, though. I mean, I'm guaranteed that that's something they'll never forget. That's cool. It's crazy, but yeah, that was an experience. And then, like, and so her daughter actually was Samara Blackie, and um, actually, so I don't know if you ever remember, like, there was a, a TV program. That came out. So, do you know? I don't remember in Kilmarnock. Did you ever serve in Kilmarnock? Or no, Johnson was the closest I got to Kilmarnock. Yeah, I served in Johnson after. But um, yeah. So, on thank is meant to be like one of the most deprived areas, I think, in the UK, which is in Kilmarnock. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, anyway, they did this documentary on like you know council estates in in, uh, and it's called the scheme. And so there is this YouTube clip. And one of the people that we baptized features on it. So you can see us walking in the background as we're going up the hill. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, wow. But then there is this, <laughs> this in Scotland. Let me find it. And this is somebody that we baptized just to kind of show you the, um, the quality. Yeah, here we go. Let me see. Um, so yeah, but like hundred percent. If anybody like wants to kind of like see the worst of Scotland, then one hundred percent go to um, the scheme. <laughs> Jeez, this is. But yeah, there was, um, and I remember like when we were baptizing her, she turned up. Um, her and her friends, and they must have turned up at the baptism drunk. And Elder Mulford was the zone leader at the time, and he'd come over, and. Um, so our investigator um, was getting baptized and her friend came in and she was definitely drunk. And then, <laughs> oh no, she was sat down already. And then the, the uh, Azuni just walked in and they were like looking for a place to sit. So she looks up at him and she's like, oh, hello. She's there like, 
you can sit right here on my knee. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, is it like so loud in this like we're just about to witness the baptism and she's just like saying this in front of everybody um and then mm. like we baptized she was wearing these bright pink polka dot pants that just completely like because you're wearing white trousers or like dress that she was wearing so when she was getting out of the font there was just this like you could just see these bright pink pants that everybody like <laughs> baptismal fun oh gosh uh, so yeah there is this oh, i really want to find you the crypt now just because I just, it is just shows you the find it and send it to me and i'll i'll put it in at the end or something uh, okay we'll do it bring back those memories for anybody that served in kilmarnock <clears throat> um yeah and then so after uh i so still in kilmarnock and then had uh, john olsen um, come and serve with me for the last six weeks. And yeah, I think he kind of like was maybe struggling at that time. And I, I maybe feel like I owe an apology if he was to ever listen to this as well, because I, I, if you were struggling as a missionary, like, like you shouldn't have been sent to me. Like, I don't think that because I just wasn't nice. I just wasn't that nice. Like, and I think for somebody who like needed that help, I remember that like, yeah, there was this like, not him, but like obviously I was in the district and one of our companions who was serving at the time, I won't say his name, but like just to kind of explain like the culture of the mission. So he was um, called to be um, self-harming. Like he was using razor blades from his shaver and he was, um, you know, going at his wrists and i remember like being told that by his client so i reported to my zone leaders and they were like oh my gosh like you need to rebuke him like like that's awful like rebuke him they're like you know the next next district meeting you need to sit him down and you need to like rebuke him like prepare your scriptures and so on and they're like and we'll we'll come in and we'll watch you rebuke him uh, and then we'll give you feedback on it so and I, so and I remember, like, so I did, right? Like, so I prepare all of these, like, scriptures. And he sat there, like, obviously clearly, like, a person who's, like, depressed and down and, like, saddened or whatever. And, you know, and I'm reading him a scripture about how he's defiling the temple of God. <laughs> and, like, and, like, those are probably things now that I look back and I'm, like, I'm so, like, like, ashamed that I never stood up to be there, like no that's wrong like you know and I think but at the time you just don't see it because of the whole mission culture that we had and I think it's just so looking back now like there's so much unhealthy parts of that culture but you don't see it um and so you know there's a lot of like shame that sits with me from like different things that like I would have done because I think of the and I think that's kind of one story that's probably like stuck with me because you know that person hates me like you know essentially I think if I'm quiet what I would have said to that person but you know I'm not trained like to do that and I think that person didn't go home after that but went home at least a year after that maybe but you know those are things where I think like you know they should have been like escalated up but it was never I guess we just didn't really 
you try to not like tell the president to not give him like work to do. Yeah, so that's kind of like the horrible side, I think, of the mission. Was, like, it just wasn't a kind mission. It was just the, like, you're here to do the work, like you're here to baptize. It was like you either get involved in the culture or you, you go, really. It's kind of how it felt. And it's kind of people talked about hammer time kind of being the past, but then I still kind of feel like it's definitely still still there hmm. um, and i remember like yeah we used to have like songs about like numbers representing people you <laughs> hear now that like it should be the upper of the right like it's people not numbers no like at least you know celebrate the like yeah the numbers so yeah it was just like a real but you know i i 100 bought into that into that culture and, and you know lucky for me you know i never did generally um had people come to church and things but then always say, oh yeah no i want another story when we we're at kilmarnock actually so we were teaching this guy called william bell and he so this is like remember this is like one of the most deprived areas and he was a heroin addict and we'd been teaching him for a while but he wouldn't always come to church like every week um but the Mishthonia just called us up and they were like elder like we're one away from hitting our zone goal for baptism like is there anybody that could be baptized by the end of this month like anybody and i was like well like anybody's been to church at least three times i was there like well there's william bell but he's not been like three consecutive times he's maybe been like five times like over however many months like doesn't matter doesn't matter as long as he's been to church three times like he can get baptized like if he comes to church this sunday like you can baptize him after church so I was like, or us, like, I was there like, well, William Bell wants to be baptised, like, we can make it, he's like, yeah, we'll make it work, we'll, we'll make that happen. So we, like, arrive at William Bell's, like, apartment, and, like, I mean, you never knew whether he was going to be, like, off of his face on heroin, um, but, like, and we, like, approach him, and we're like, hey, like, William, like, he's always, like, let's see, and he's like, we're like, William, hey, like, you can, uh, like do you want he's like you can get baptized on sunday and he's like can i can i we're like yeah if you come to church on sunday like we can baptize you afterwards like you just need to not be on you know drugs alcohol or smoking up until that time and he was like oh can i really <laughs> so we were like great so anyway so that sunday he um he got baptized um he actually got interviewed by the president too so, um, yeah, he got interviewed by the president on the Saturday and he was baptised on the Sunday. And we hit the zone goal. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty pretty intense to have someone who's amidst all those things <laughs> to just say, hey, want to get baptised? <laughs> everything to go, go to plan. Well, the reason why he wanted to get baptised was because he was kind of hated in the area. Uh, well, sorry, I'm sure, like, he he believed but i think he wanted this fresh start um because he mugged an old lady for drug money so he was known in the area like people you know beat him up for like um like i think this old lady broke her hip or something so he like stole the bag off of her oh gosh yeah so like he wanted this like fresh start i think felt really bad the stuff that like he had done um, and I remember like when we went to go for his confirmation because he had to then obviously be confirmed for the following week and we weren't sure, you know, we lost contact for him for a while. Um, we were like trying to knock his door every day 
and he wasn't answering. And then I think it was like the Saturday before he was getting baptized. And um, we turn up at his door and he answers it with an axe in hand. <laughs> and he's there like, who are you? What, what, what? And there's that like, what? Like William, it's us, it's the missionaries. And he's like, what? Yeah, I'm only joking. Come on in. It's like way that. You think like if it was now, I would have ran and never got in that place. Well, we just walk on in, take a seat on his couch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then we're like, hey, so you're gonna get confirmed tomorrow? <laughs> oh, Goodness. I know. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? And then actually, I remember this one time when we were walking through as well. Um, we were, I must have been with Elder Evans, and we were just walking. You know, it was one of those days where like nobody had let us in or nobody was in that we were like trying to knock on their door for for like members and less actives. And then these like kids just banged on the window, and they were like, "Oh, come here, come here!" So like, come in. So then we're like, we turn around, and then we just walk in. Like, yeah, coming in, and uh, we're going to like the lounge, and there's just this group of, I guess, like young 20 year old Scottish guys, and they're all got like rubber bands on their arms, and they're injecting themselves with heroin. And we're just sat in the lounge, like, <laughs> so like, we're like, should we start with an opening prayer? <laughs> oh my goodness, well, I'm not lying, like, we were just grateful to not be outside, not be in the rain, the wind. We were just lucky. We were just happy to be inside. I think, yeah, that's crazy. Like, I look back and think, <laughs> <laughs> gosh, the situations we were in. Yeah, but I look back now and I'm like, that's crazy, isn't it? And then eventually we were like, I don't think this guy's going to listen. So we were like, I think we should leave. <laughs> yeah, they were like injecting it. They're like, do you want some? We're like, no, we're good, thank you. Like, but we'll um, what well, can we leave you with a spiritual thought? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness oh it's crazy but, yeah. so that 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 happened to us that's great yeah that's been so and then yeah it's just so many like stuff i guess you like easily forget um yeah the john olsen so i guess like he came he served and we were in together for six weeks um and then i trained but in johnston so i whitewashed in um, oh, nice. to johnston um and yeah, that was like an area which I think was notoriously known for being quite difficult. So mm. we we whitewashed in. Um, and yeah, we met actually a, a guy, James Laverty, and he was like smoking all the time, but he actually ended up getting baptised and I think he went to the temple actually eventually. So that was like quite a cool story. That's cool. Uh, yeah, but he like turned his, his life around. Um, who, did yeah. you, who did you train in Johnston? Uh, oh yeah, so uh, Chris Fair, I think it's by Kit, but yeah, Kit Fair um, okay. from Utah. Um, and I think I tried to like reinstall the way that like Craig Day treated me with like making me do all the phone calls and make me do all those things. But he was a very different person. So I think like as I was trying to like have fun and what, and I think he just he just needed kindness and like probably like was probably missing home. And you like, I think you'd be like, why am I doing everything? Why can't you do everything? <laughs> but they're like, no, you're doing it. Um, <laughs> probably struggled, struggled, struggled with me on, on that. And he, and he couldn't understand anything, whereas you probably had an easier time of understanding 
right. a little bit the Scottish jargon. Exactly. And I think one time she wanted to go for a run and uh and like in the morning and I was like, I'm not running in the mornings. I was like, I don't want to run in the mornings in the cold. And uh so he was like, Oh, come on. And I and then I think I swear anyway, so in the end I think it was just that like he would do running up and down the stairs of like <laughs> the Johnston flat. I don't know if it's the same <laughs> one. I'm sure it was. It's the one over the shops on like the main street yeah. there, right? You could yeah. get this place done in there. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I don't remember the address. I could look it up in my preach my gospel, but yes, that that flat's been in the mission forever. Yeah, what? Yeah, but you know that when I was there, they didn't have the Johnston Ward, so they closed the Johnston, so it wasn't open. So we had to. Yeah, I, I heard that. But it still had the cleaners and everything at that time. Wow. Yeah, Beath Road. Beath Road, yeah. In Quarrelton Village. <laughs> wow yeah we used to have so we used to go up kind of by johnston castle there was a sister there i can't remember her name but she was like the nicest lady and we used to like she just feed us all the time so yeah we would we would kind of go to her house a fair bit but she had all these cats there'd just be hair everywhere um, <laughs> I remember like, you know, food or things like that. But you know, when you're just so grateful to be inside that I think you just look past all of that stuff. Um, uh, yeah, it's very true. Very true. Yeah. And then, um, then after that, I whitewashed again, um, but went to Irvin and okay. whitewashed in with Nathan Hawks as a zone leader. So we whitewashed in... Um, yeah, with Nathan Hawks. Um, and so, so we had a car, which I was really grateful for. Um, and yeah, and then actually, so this, like, I think I did actually send an apology to Nathan Hawks after my mission, because I think when I met him from the train station, she would like go to like Glasgow to go meet and exchange all your companions and you'd go back out to your areas. Yeah. And I, I, I speak to me, picks me out to be horrible. I, I think maybe like just the, the culture, well, I can't maybe say it's the culture because maybe it was, I'm sure this was just me to an extreme. But I remember like not even shaking his hand to say welcome. I literally was there like, pick up your bags, let's go, we've got work to do. <laughs> <laughs> he held his hand out to shake my hand. And I literally was like, pick up your bags, let's go. <laughs> anyway, anyway, you were hardcore. I was awful, literally. And then I remember, like, who was he? Said to I think we were on the way back in the car. I'd like have get him for like Easter. Like he was very musical, and I think of like in companionship inventories and things. I'd be like, I don't like it when you whistle. I don't like it when you do that. I don't like it when you do like nitpick on all the worst things. So how he put up with me, I have no idea. I was looking through this my journal, and he actually invited me to his wedding. So I, not that, you know, gone in Utah, but yeah. I was like, why don't you hate me? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, uh, but we did go out. When I was out in Utah a few years ago, he came to like the reunion meal. So um, if he's forgiven me, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But we had some good times too, actually. So we used to go out, we covered Stranra whilst we were kind of in Irvine. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we had a lot of good times. Like so we were kind of whitewashed in. And I remember the very first night that we arrived, like our flat was egged. And we were like, what? Like, who the heck did this? And of course, like if you're familiar with the urban youth, then um, we were like whitewashed, woolly welcomed with like a completely egged house from like top windows right the way down to like our front door had just been completely egged. Um, but I remember feeling that like we were like all the stuff that happened, like probably felt like we were better off because the stories that we'd heard of the missions behind us is that they'd like stolen the missionary's car and they'd like driven off in the missionary's <laughs> car. Um, yeah, and then the other stories of when we were there, I think they like called us out to like the chapel and then they locked the gates. You know, it's like those big green gates that are like in the urban chapel. They locked those gates and then they basically um and the church door and then they basically just like six of them had these massive water pistols and then they just started chasing us around the church <laughs> drenching us in water um we're just like trying to run and, and hide <laughs> and they're like drenching us in, in in water but you know they would come on joint teachers with us i remember we would go pick out one of them pick up one of them and uh just nightmare like it was always like a story every time like they were bad great testimony so they were great joint teachers but they remember this one it had been snowing and he just got loads of like snowballs was in the back of our car and then like everybody would be going past in the street he would just be throwing the snowballs out <laughs> like, this one guy must have like he had his car boot open and like it was a manual call but he threw the snowball it went straight into this guy's car. You could just see it like go everywhere inside of this guy's car. He like slammed the boot shut, got in the car, and started chasing us. And I was thinking, I can't stop. Like this is really bad. So we just um, like I just thought I'm gonna have to get away from this guy. So it's literally like a car chase. And the man was like, "Don't stop, Belder. Don't stop. Keep going. Go faster." So then I'm like trying to lose this guy who's like. <laughs> Chasing us for whatever reason. Oh goodness, it's oh, crazy, crazy story. Um, yeah, and one of those times actually when we were covering in Strand Ra, we um, one of the guys that my sister started teaching in Strand Ra, she served in Strand Ra. We picked up um, that investigator back up, um, and then actually wow. he ended up getting baptized in the local swimming pool. There. Wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's that was quite cool um and then there was also like another family there as well yeah so we we kind of had some and then just those roads going down to strand ra there was like scary and then we'd always have to try and get back by like 9 30 um so yeah and i think there'd be like this shame i remember like we would if we ever had to like stop for petrol station, it was late or something, we'd like be hiding our badges or like, <laughs> if it was like a Sunday and like we forgot to get fuel, it was that like walk of shame into petrol station as we needed it to like get fuel. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, okay. How yeah. many missionaries were in the mission at this time? Do you know? No, I don't know that actually, but I heard in your other podcast that there was, um, that they, the numbers were a lot more, I think when you were there. Yeah, before I got there, there was about somewhere between 150 and 200. 
And then by the time I got there, there was about a hundred missionaries in the whole of Scotland. Really? Okay. And then it just continued to dwindle. It was really quite surprising. When there was nobody really in the islands, and like I said, there wouldn't have been strong rocks that wasn't covered. It was kind of just being covered by other areas. Because then when I moved to Alawa, we kind of covered Dallas Shields. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, in the borders. And that was, you know, it was quite spread out. So, and I guess I heard that they were like reducing it ready for the Ireland combination. Yeah. So it kind of make, makes sense. But yeah, I, I always had like loads of companions there. So after... But like, yeah, so I guess like out of, out of Hawks, really. Um, I then went across to like Berling, Josh Berling, um, and moved into Alawa. And so Josh Berling's actually in the same group as me. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, well, before that, I feel like when I was in Irvine, I forget, there was, um, I have to show this photo. So there was Sister Lewis. I don't know if anyone remembers her, but it's like Helen Lewis. Oh, so we... Um, <clears throat> Basically, like she would always have the missionaries over. So we would go to her house and she'd just be like so grateful that and we just used to play pranks on her. I think this one time, like she just used to love them. So we had like, she used to have tea cakes. So we did this one thing where like we put our hands behind our back and we had to try and eat the tea cake with our mouth. And it's like a race of who could do it the fastest. <laughs> then I think she wouldn't do it. So we ended up just, just then like, force feeding her it <laughs> whilst holding her hands down um or just like force feeding her this tea cake um, <laughs> this which is what this picture represents and then there was also like i think i've got videos in my memorabilia i think it was, i mean it's bullying really but we um would like put ice lollies so they'd like to surprise she'd always give ice lollies to the missionaries and i think i'd like sneak up behind her and i'd drop like an ice lolly down her back <laughs> <laughs> She would just be going like, oh, oh it's freezing. It's freezing. <laughs> um, yeah, we that video. So, yeah. But she was like a great sport. So she like, she like loved it. Yeah, I just don't know. Just, uh, yeah, so she was, yeah, she was just great. She was like, oh, that was on the hawks. Yeah, <laughs> so great. Great stories. And then, um, yeah, so then I moved it over to like Alawa. Um, in Edinburgh Steak, and this is where I served with Joshua Bowling. And I think that's where, like, probably, like, that kind of, like, type of person that I was of, like, trying to be, like, super intense, because I had, like, that plan for, like, everything. And I remember, like, trying to do that with Josh, and, like, and he would just be there, like, I'm not doing that. Like, I hate planning. And he was just, but he was so funny. Um, that actually, like, he really, like, chilled me out. So I felt like from that second year of my mission, so, like, from Josh Berling onwards, like, I felt like well, probably, like, about a bit more of, like, a better relationship with, like, who I'd served with than <laughs> first year. So I felt really sorry for this first year of those companions that I served with. Um, and then, like, the second year, I felt like, okay, I was less intense. I wouldn't say I wasn't intense, but I was definitely like less intense. Um yeah and I think we just had more fun as like a, a companionship. Yeah so like cool. that involved like we would like have water fights with like investigators in this area in Alawa. Um yeah like it was 
was like, and, and Josh Bowen was just so funny. Like he, he. Oh, I forgot this one story actually. Actually, maybe let's show you this photo. There's just too many things to like cover. Like, but uh, so when I was in Irvine, actually, so with Elder Hawks, um, we did meet this one lady, and she was like, she called herself the Lily, um, and she had this satanic bible and so like we were teaching her and she was basically saying that she felt she was Lilith like she was married to Satan um like she believed that and then as we were teaching her she we were telling her like you know you need to get rid of the book um so she gave it to us one day and me and Elder Hawks decided to burn it so this is the picture of like oh my gosh said <laughs> her satanic bible um and then uh yeah and wow and then she asked for it back. <laughs> Why? Oh, I guess she felt like she was meant to be a Satan worshipper. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, and then on those roads down to Stranra as well, we got, um, we, it was, uh, it was, uh, we went on kind of an exchange. And um, yeah, I think it was in the first six weeks. And we were driving down to Stranra. And uh, the car, we, it was been some oil on the road or something, but it like slipped out. And we got stuck in the stitch. And so he gets out and like tries to push us up. And I'm like, got it in reverse. Um, but uh, it's just spinning all this mud. So he essentially, <laughs> we, were on, we were on our way to church in Shonra. So he turned the church looking like this. <laughs> he, does, he does not look chuffed at all. He is not happy. Uh, it was so funny. Like he would literally be there like, oh, this is brilliant, isn't it? The first time she's done wrong, you'd be like, oh, hi. Yeah, I'm not a young. Oh, what's this? Oh, just a bit of sheep poop. <laughs> 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 oh, goodness. He wasn't happy. Yeah, that, was, that was hilarious. That is pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, different. Anyways, there was, um, yeah, and then I guess, like, Loads of like a different story, but I guess with Elder Bone, like he's literally just hilarious. Like I think this is him here. So he would just like wear these hats and then, like put the Jimmy hat on, and he'd be like, <laughs> "Oh no, I do not plan. I do not walk. I do not bear testimony of fasting." He was like, "He's like you are doing all those things." So he's like, "Don't expect me to do any of it." I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> he literally just like cracked cracked me up. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, so but there's some like great videos. In fact, I have to like there's this classic one of um oh, oh nice. That's not right one behind well, let's see um a marching band. So this was him. He was in a band camp before. Huh. I think I showed this to like every missionary that was ever in the area. Um <laughs> Yeah. I'm not getting the audio. Oh, you're not getting the audio. Okay. Well, this is basically saying like um, our bowling in the area, and I'd say that he was in uh, band camp, and then he'd like come in and be there, like, "It's not band camp. It's marching band." And he'd get so mad at me, uh, and then he'd give like a rendition of what he used to do. Um. Okay. And then he gives me a little, little intro of, of what marching band is. I never knew what it was. Uh, whilst <laughs> like American school, apparently it's a big thing. Um, Where was he from? 
Um, so he was from uh, Utah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm guessing he was a trumpeter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was fun. Yeah, he was great. So I think he taught me a lot as well, like 100%. Like he just made, <clears throat> he was just so funny. Um, and like, I think to like get him to walk faster, we would end up doing like, I feel like I'd have to do the like, <laughs> give him a beat. And he'd respond really well to Yeah, but he's good, you know, and we've kept in contact actually. So um, he pretty much comes over to the UK every year. Um, See so how yeah, we 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 meet every up. year, man. I want to hang out with him. <laughs> but yeah, so he's um. But yeah, you should you should get definitely him on the podcast. I'm going to recommend that he comes on. Okay, uh, that's he's awesome. Got great, he's got a great stories, and he's a great storyteller too. And he's been told that he had like he's got like that voiceover voice, which he loves to hear. So um, sweet, yeah, perfect podcast voice. Let's do it. <laughs> cool. So yeah, I'll tell him to get on. Um, and then after that, yeah, so I started with another British missionary, Martin Young. He came into Alawa. Um, and yeah, we met some great, great uh, investigators and we had a lot of fun. So this is like the investigators that we were teaching. And I think they 100% fancied him. But when we were teaching them, like, uh, it was just, you know, like I said, it would be like, they would just like do water fights. And like, as he was leaving this last day, they basically filmed and they cream pied us. So they made him this cake. And then as he's distracted, they'd sneaked up with these two like cream pies and then just like pied us. In, the face. So, in fact, <clears throat> so I have that actually. It was completely took us by surprise. But yeah, this was like a family of people that we were like teaching. I don't know that you didn't get the audio, but that's okay. You don't really, really need it. So they made us this cake. So yeah. Ellen was leaving. Um, and they made us this cake. And then behind, <laughs> these two girls had like sneaked up behind. And they had. Your face is incredible. Three plates. <laughs> Off my cream. You're saying like a great place to play. Oh, that's okay. And then they didn't show it, and then they just absolutely <laughs> fire. So they just like rubber cream, dipping down from our faces. Yeah, just absolute carnage, really. Yeah, that was like a great family that we were kind of teaching from. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess for the podcast, isn't it? That's um, <laughs> we're just literally just getting pie <laughs> in our faces. Um, with cream reference, cream reference the U- reference the YouTube video. Yeah, dripping mm-hmm. down our dripping down our um, seats. Yeah, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. So I had a lot of fun with um, with Elder Young as well. And, and actually, he's uh, a British missionary. And actually, he was best friends with one of the guys that grew up in my ward that ended up coming to uh, Scotland as well. And he was the one, actually, that had the poo. So from the previous area that okay. we had on exchanges with, and he had all that mud down. So, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a lot of fun. And then, so that's that's when then the merger happened. So the end of that transfer, um, he went off to Ireland. And then I had a um, an Irish missionary 
come over to come over to uh, Scotland and serve with me in Alloa. And wow. uh, and yeah, and so I mean, poor guy. Like that's one I have to give like an apology for as well. So, um, but actually, he we had a lot of fun. Well, I guess I had say a lot, of, a lot, a lot of fun. But yeah, I remember. Like, <laughs> but like that that merge of like mixing in, like it was like a battle of cultures because I guess like we had been lined up almost as like militant style, and he used to actually refer to us as being there. Like it's like the mission is like an army. He's like. That's how he said it felt, is he felt like it was very much run as if it was like, you know, militant. Um, and he said Ireland was not run like that at all. He said it would all be about like love and like supporting people and, you know, checking in on whether people are okay. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, well, so in our minds, like you would have the Scottish missionaries or I'm like, we're going to teach the Irish people like how we do it. Like the Irish missionaries need to learn like this is Scotland, like this is our culture. They need to like conform, which is embarrassing now looking back at it. But at the time, like you're so like involved in it. Like, I mean, if I wasn't shaking my Scottish missionaries companion's hand, like when I was at the... <laughs> When I remember being at the mission home with them coming in, like, I think we lined them up <laughs> and literally like, okay, you need a product in your hair, tie touching your belt. And they would be like, what are you on about? Like, wow. what we do think. And they would be like, more like, wanting to give hi, like, hey, how's it going? What's up? And we just weren't like that. Like, my goodness. Yeah, so it was it was a huge like culture shock, but I mean my companion was great. Like he was so patient, and I think probably actually he was, yeah, he was so patient, and he was great. Like we had a lot of fun. Like he was like six foot six, so he was huge. Um, he was like a keen basketball player. Um, but yeah, like I'm what's a, his name. I was just tried wrestling with him. Like I would just drag him out of bread, and like he would refuse to fight. So I think I'd like jump on his head. Like I'd always just be like trying to do anything to like egg him on. Um, I think one time, like he was like, oh, can you iron this for me? And I was like, I'll just keep it on. Like we'll just, we'll just like steam it. So I think I tried to like steam and iron it whilst he was wearing it. Oh no. (laughs) Stupid idea, right? Because it's scolding hot. (laughs) And uh, he was like, oh, I can't believe you just burned me with an iron. What was his? What was your companion's name? Oh yeah, that's Jake. Jake Robinson. Jake Robinson. Yeah, and he's from Ogden actually. Uh, is it Ogden or Provo? Was it like the same? I don't know. <laughs> Those are two different areas of Utah. <gasps> Were they close to each other? I mean, within an hour, hour and a half. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think it's Provo actually. His dad like builds all the houses in Provo. I think. Very cool. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, but that that was an interesting time, and we had two transfers together. Um, but yeah, so there was definitely that that kind of, job. and I guess that's why that song came out. Um, so there's like this, the song that's that's kind of there now, which became the mission song, and it was about unifying the two missions together. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with it. Would you like to sing it for us, Christopher? Oh well, I can't. <laughs> Like I would have to find it. I don't even know where the CD is. But if you literally just put Scotland Ireland song, it must. But it's like 
I'm, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> I guess something like our mission in life is to serve the Lord from da 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 And it gets like all the areas of like Ireland and Scotland. Oh, wow. It's very catchy. I think it was like one of the, one of the um, Osmonds <laughs> things that puts it together. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, that was like the song that was brought in and then it kind of got songs, songs at every district leader and zone leader meeting. It was all about trying to like unify the mission. But yeah, it was how, just real powerful. How, how long had Jake been on his mission? Elder Robinson, when he came um, in? Yeah, good question. So he... I'm not... He was younger than I was. I want to say maybe he was about a year. Wow. Just after, but obviously, yeah, he... I, um... But he killed me off, so... He was my last companion. It's all yeah. good. Well, we did a lot of, like, hiking up the Alba Glen. Um... I think, like... But yeah, he was. Yeah, he was fun. And we had, um. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, there was so many, so many stories. But yeah, so I mean, pretty much that's um, all of my missionary companions. And I think, like, I probably just painted myself out to be like a real, like, intense horrible mission but you know my thing was like trying to have fun and like to not be so robotic and i and i think like i was very committed to that that work maybe not so much my commands that first year but um tried to so i think when i came home i 100 percent really struggled because i was so committed to that and um, yeah. i think i remember like rebuking my mom and dad for like having tea and coffee in the house for like maybe guests that came to like come and visit my mum <laughs> have it in there um yeah like Real bad, like really intense. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was just about like unpicking probably a lot of like the mission. Um, I think, yeah, I still do it. But, you know, I 100% bought into mission and I've got so many like good memories, I think, of the people that I've met and like served around. Um, and like, yeah, some great funny stories that are definitely there. Um, but yeah, at the same time as well, like I just the mission could be kinder. Like I feel like some of the people, like there's so many people that just went home. Um, and it's sad to think that like, you know, those kids have been the way that maybe they were treated. And, uh, and I think we could have had a kinder culture uh, in the mission. Um, like just don't think people are always seen as people. And that's been difficult. Cause I think, you know, that doesn't reflect the real world when coming back out. Um, yeah, I maybe. Interesting. <clears throat> well, yeah, as I'm look, as I'm looking as I'm looking at your timeline, I am I'm reminded that you you saw the transition from the Fredericks to the Griffiths, right? Right. Yes. So yeah, that change happened almost it midway is. through your mission, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think it's like nine months in. Okay. Yeah. Did you see a transition at that point in time? Oh yeah. For, so for a period of time. Relaxed off of like he wasn't bothered about ties touching belts so much or or things like that. But it but it wasn't like but you know, the assistants and the leaders of missions, like they were still running the mission. So like even though President Griffiths was in, like, you know, I would still be being told to like, um, you know, you need to tell your missionary, your your junior companion to get his haircut like it was almost like it was my fault for him 
you know, not having like the typical haircut, right? Like, <laughs> it's like it's too long. and it wasn't even that bad. He just had like a fringe, like just a longer fringe. And they were like, yeah. no, he needs to have that cut off. Um, <laughs> they're like, why has he not got dimple in his tie? Uh, like, wow. and, yeah, like it was just like, you know, like just intense. But it, I guess it, it lessened. And I think President Griffiths 100% noticed that. And I think he tried to like chill that side of it out. Oh, I'm sure he probably was like, why are you guys so high strung? You guys are just completely on edge to to a fault sometimes, I'm sure, you know, but you know, it, it happens as missionaries and I don't know. It's just been so fascinating to see the evolution of the mission from when I was there to those immediately after me to your era, you know, it just, the entire culture has, it shifted quite a bit and just hearing those stories and the level of the leadership telling you to be and do and say certain things like, man, that's, that's pretty intense. Like Jack and I have, have reflected back on it a few times with missionaries from your era and thought to ourselves, there's a reason why we went when we went, because we probably wouldn't have been able to put up with some of that stuff. It would, it would have been hard. I, I guarantee you that. Yeah. So and it and it's difficult because I think it's a time where you think that like you're the most closest to the savior, you feel like that's the most closest you are to the spirit, you feel like you are elevated, like you are well, like you're the most spiritual, you're reading the scriptures, like you know, I, was, I knew my scriptures so well, right? That like I could like I felt like I was couldn't be closer to the savior at that point, right? And then actually the reality is that like, now I look back at it and I'm like, actually that person who I was on a mission was probably the worst person I ever was like where I'm just so like judgmental so nasty like just not kind like and that's probably the worst version of myself that there's so much James it's a very confusing time because it's like wow like you know I, I love much and the, the people that kind of meet but actually the person who I was who was meant to be this who I thought was super spiritual and you know, because I had success and, and things like that. Like, it was quite successful in that terms of, like, a missionary. Yeah. You know, we're always, like, we're baptizing and people coming to church. Um, so, like, that reinforces the person you are. But actually, in reality, like, I just wasn't, wasn't Christ-like. Like, you know, I wasn't a good person. Um, so that's been a real kind of struggle since coming home and, and unpicking that because, yeah, I, like, I don't like that person or who I was. Um, but, but at the same time, here's here's my devil's advocate side of it. Think about like the growth you've made since then is to consider like I'm not that person anymore and I was trying my best, but I'm realizing that I can also still be a human on this earth and still be a representative of the Savior without being absolute. You know what I mean? That's uh, that's just something that I've had to learn in my own life because I can tell you right now, Christopher, I was I was very similar to you in the mission where I was very focused on trying to be obedient. Was I perfectly obedient? No, but I was trying to uphold the standards of the mission at yeah. that time. But towards the end of my mission, I was up. I was his own leader in Aberdeen and. At that point in time, there were missionaries prior to me that had 
made some poor decisions and been removed from the area and there was a trust issue with the stake right and i had to repair those relationships and it was more about me showing my personality outside of being the the white handbook version of myself you know yeah. what i mean and yeah. that allowed these people to go okay these are still really good young men and women who are here to do the work and they're dedicated and you know what i mean like yeah exactly. i don't think that's what lacks isn't it it's like the white handbook and preaching and the things like that can make you robotic and i think sometimes oh like, yeah you can be what's you know you need to have a personality right um, and Agreed. that is, i come through as you remember a story when i was with um just about like a beat and i was like oh i guess it wasn't but like i remember josh bowling one time like we it was like a fast Sunday and I remember we were being so hungry that we decided, I think, to like stay up one night and it was like the Sabbath day. So like, it was like a Sunday night and I think we just waited till it was like just gone 12 o'clock and then we like snuck out of our flat and like went to like go get a takeaway. Um, and then like <laughs> snuck it. <laughs> we all had those moments. I mean, you probably never heard the term before, but in our time in the mission, we had a term called P Day Eve that was <laughs> and, often, and oftentimes on P Day Eve, we tried to take some of our time to be prepared for our preparation day as opposed to preparing the right way. And you know, we'd go to ASDA at nine o'clock and get all our shopping done. So we'd have to do it the next day or whatever if we had activities, but Man, it's just so fascinating for me and for Jack and for all those that are listening to hear, like I said, this change, this evolution. And it really was a reflection of the leadership, like you said, not necessarily just the, the mission president, but the uh, the missionaries who were under the tutelage of those mission, those mission presidents and kind of driving those things home for everyone that was involved. So yeah, thank yeah. you for sharing your experience, because honestly, like. Your experience is unique to mine. I can tell you that. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, but you know, it's um, made some great people and met some great people, and yeah, I'm still in contact with a few of them. So yeah. Well, good. then I guess the question for you now, Christopher, is as we're continuing in this. I mean, so this is information that will come out in the future, but you're kind of like on the cusp of our cutoff point. Uh -huh. between the scotland ireland mission and the scotland edinburgh mission and so i guess the question is is there any missionaries from your time in the mission that you would like to hear from as we're continuing in our conversations that you want to call out tonight yeah definitely well i 100 percent think like josh bowling so yeah i think he'll be great to come in um i think yeah he'll be he'll be a great addition um I don't know if you've heard that. I mean, Craig Day is another English missionary. Um, I mean, I want to say we've been in touch with Craig now that I'm thinking about it. Let me pull up my calendar as you continue to think. So, out of bone in, so with Craig Day, too. Okay. With this podcast. Uh, yeah, Andrew Bonin. Oh, I can't remember his first name then. Um, and then, actually, if you were interested in hearing that, I'd be interested to hear like Jake Robinson's take of coming into Scotland from Ireland. yeah um but then i don't know whether you want him to cover the whole mission or whether you just want to kind of cover that first couple of months but that would be really interesting to kind of hear how that mission maybe kind of like mellowed out or like his take on it because 
I mean, yeah, it was definitely intense. And like I said, he said it was like treated like it was almost like an army. So <laughs> I'd be really interested to get his take on it. Yeah, I mean, if you're still in touch with him, we'd love to hear from him. And like I said, if if it's the type of thing where we can share it with those that are oh yeah, we do have Craig on the schedule. Very cool. Um and April. So you'll hear you'll hear from Craig. He's 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 on the docket. Okay, and it was probably because he served with Andrew Andrew Bonin that uh, yeah. that he's in touch with us. So nice. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, any of those like I'll tag everybody that I'm in contact with because Nathan Holtz maybe would be good too. Yeah, I mean, honestly, as I'm looking through this list, we haven't talked to any one of your companions to this point, and so that's the thing that's been fascinating for Jack and I as well is that the eras of the mission involve so many people and the likelihood is we won't touch them all. There's no, there's, uh, you know, unless we're doing this for the next 20 years, you know what I mean? Oh, it's a lot of time you're investing too. Well, it it is a a time investment, but man, the takeaway is so, so valuable. Like I could tell you right now that my, my own mission experience has been enhanced listening to others say, I went through this and I'm going me too, you know, like, because in the moment you're so individualized, you know, you and your companion that you feel like you're on an Island and then you're like, Oh, well I experienced that too. And it kind of fortifies that it wasn't just you going through the hard times that you had, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, let's go. I think maybe my final comments would be is I think actually like I just like many positive experiences that I've had it, but probably like the downside to my mission is that I think I lost trust in the feelings of the spirit. And so that whole feeling of where I felt like I was acting on the promptings of the spirit at the time of my mission, which I now look back on, I think, wow, that's like a shameful person myself, is probably taught me to distrust that that feeling. Like, so therefore I don't really know. What, what that is like I, I i couldn't bear my testimony of that feeling of the spirit anymore because that's probably like the, maybe the saddest part of of that whole experience um because yeah i couldn't i couldn't like those times because of where i thought i was speaking of the spirit or acting in the spirit where i was convinced of it i can't stand by that now and go well actually like there's no way that was the spirit because god wouldn't want me to act in that way um and so that makes me doubt like that, which is very much like Maybe I don't know why I said that, but you may not want to end on that one. But but that's like an interesting, probably like take away from that. But I'm very grateful for the mission, and I think for the people that I've met, and I had a great time. Um, so, and I love Scotland. I get to go back all the time, which I do. Um, in fact, I'm going back up in April um, for work. Oh, that's great. There, so, and like, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, with with people that we met and I went back up a few times after as well like to give a cup for some weddings of people and the members in the ward so I'm I'm really lucky that I kind of get to get to go back up yeah I agreed I think you are very very fortunate yeah. because I love those that. of those of us haven't figured out how to <laughs> to teleport from the United States to the UK just yet but when it happens I'm I'm I'll be first in line I can tell you that <laughs> Well, Christopher, thanks again for taking time. We really appreciate you, mate. And more than anything, um, if you'll just keep helping us in our efforts, you know, share this when it comes out here 
think I'll have it published in the next week or so, but I'll keep that in, keep that to keep you uh, updated on that. And then, um, you know, more than anything, we just want you to know that we love you. We're grateful that you're one of our brothers in the Scotland Edinburgh mission, even though you had a little bit of a bleed over, but we'll, we'll forgive you for that. <laughs> yeah, that's all it. right. Yeah, well, I'll tag a few people. So but yeah, best of luck with it all and hope they get in contact. Yeah. I mean, the number one person you need to talk to is your sister because Jane, <laughs> yeah. Jane needs to come on. I'm calling you out, Jane. Come on the podcast. We'd, <laughs> we'd love to have you. And I'm sure that your sister missionaries that you serve with would love to hear from you too. So <laughs> in any, in any rate, thanks again, Christopher, right. have a good night and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. You too. Bye.